0: We're continuing a series called Relate, and Relate is a process that we have of dealing with our conflicts, dealing with our threats. Anytime we have a negative emotion, anytime we have a conflict in a relationship, if you get frustrated at work, if you get frustrated with your kids, if you get frustrated with your spouse any kind of a situation where maybe you get your feelings hurt, maybe you've got stuff going on from your past when you were a child, something happened, and you'd like to find a way to process that. Relate is a great process for you to be able to go through and make sense of what has happened in your life and why you are where you are to this day. So today we're going to continue by looking at a story in the Bible that actually I want to take you through Relate Uh, later on in the sermon, but I want to walk you through the story first. You ever heard the story of David and Goliath? So looking at David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17 records this story, and listen, you can go to the location today of where this took place. You can go and see where this happened, and and understanding that this was about 3,000 years ago, 1025 B.C., we can talk about, we, we can actually walk to the hills and where they, the camp was, where these, these guys lined up for battle. And the reason I tell you that is because I want you to understand that so many people try to pass these Bible stories off as something that never really happened. They're just fairy tales. But you got to know that this is stuff that really happened. This is, this, there's evidence of this today. You understand that the greatest king in the nation of Israel the most heralded king in the nation of Israel, besides Jesus, the most heralded uh, physical, personal, uh, not physical, but uh, you guys know what I'm trying to say. The guy lived, and there's historical evidence of him. He was a warrior, he was a fighter, and he was a leader, a great leader. And the men in his group, the men in his kingdom respected him, and they were loyal to him to the death. It was an amazing, amazing era in the nation of Israel. David was a young man, most likely in his late teens, when this story took place. He was the baby in the family. How many babies in the family do we have here? Yep, the funniest people in the room. (laughs) That's right. It's always been that way. So you know David was probably a pretty funny guy. He was very personable, probably. And Spent a lot of time alone growing up, as babies of the family normally do. And the, he, he watched and learned from his older brothers and sisters. Those babies, we know what that looks like. I ended up in the dryer one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the story begins with David out in the fields, and he's watching his father's sheep because he's a shepherd boy. And his brothers, his older brothers, were off to war. And why? Because he wasn't old enough to be in the military yet. So David is sitting around watching these sheep and he's protecting them. And what's most interesting about David's story is that while he was watching the sheep, God was preparing him to be king. While he was watching sheep, God was preparing him to go to war. As a teenager, God was preparing him while he was watching the sheep. Don't you feel like your life is like that? Sometimes you're just out watching the sheep, taking care of someone else's property, you're taking care of someone else's business, you're just out watching the sheep. Don't you know that God is capable of preparing you for greatness while you're just out watching the sheep? David had spent time with God in the fields and God was going to take him to the throne. If God was faithful in helping him save a few sheep from a hungry lion or bear, then certainly God would be faithful in other ways because this is what happened. One time, a lion came by and grabbed a sheep. David went and grabbed that lion by the neck and killed the lion with his bare hands. Another day, a bear came by grabbed a sheep. David ran and grabbed that bear by the neck and, and killed the bear with his bare hands. Maybe that's where we get that bare hands thing. <laughs> the day came for David to do something with what God had prepared him for. You see, those moments with the lion and with the bear were preparing him for the day that God would use him to do something great and become a great leader and become the king of Israel. So over in the Valley of Elah, this is a picture of modern Elah. This is what it looks like, or looked like when the picture was taken. His brother and, uh, Israel and the Israelite, his brothers and the Israelite army were camped on one of the hillsides, and the Philistines were camped on the other side uh, with the valley in between them. And you can see in this next picture that, that there's a little creek that runs through it. And and the creek that runs through it, what do you think happened there? We'll read about it in just a moment. And here's a picture of some kids playing in this. This is just a modern picture of the same area, some kids playing in that area. This is where this took place. And the scripture says this. King Saul and the Israelite army set up camp on a hill overlooking Elah Valley. And they got ready to fight the Philistines' army that was on the other side of the hill from the valley. The Philistine army had a hero named Goliath. So it goes on to describe Goliath, and it says Goliath was a giant, huge guy. It says he was like nine feet tall. You say, well, John, that's kind of crazy. There's no nine feet. Listen, there's, there's guys that are at least eight feet tall right now. What's interesting about this guy was he was in really great shape, apparently. You see the guys today in modern day that are like eight feet tall, uh, they're not in very good shape, but you look at a guy like Matt, and you can believe, okay, maybe Goliath was a real guy, and he could be a giant. It's not, he's not too much taller than Matt. Listen to the description here. He wore a bronze helmet and bronze armor to protect his chest and his legs. The chest armor alone weighed about 125 pounds. He carried a bronze sword strapped on his back, and his spear was so big that the iron spear alone weighed 15 pounds more than 15 pounds a soldier always walked in front of Goliath to carry his shield so you get the picture you got two armies Israel on one hill and the Philistines on another hill with a valley in between them the Philistines have a champion fighter and every morning the champion fighter would come out and he would he would tell them this well he started with this this statement he said hey Let's make it easy. I'm here to fight. You guys send your best guy out to fight me, and whoever wins, wins the war. And then we don't have to kill everybody else. Just send somebody else, send one of your guys out to fight me, and whoever wins, wins the war. Sounds reasonable, right? And here was Israel's response. Saul and his men heard what Goliath said, but they were so frightened of Goliath that they couldn't do a thing. You ever been so scared that you were, you just froze? All right, so that's what these guys, that's what instilled, he instilled that much fear in these guys' hearts. Now, let me stop here for a minute. When no one else will do what's right, and you can see it, and there's something inside of you that inspires you to rise up, don't miss that moment. There are going to be times at work. There are going to be times even in your home. There are going to be times in your life when nobody around you is going to be doing what's right. But something inside of you says, I need to rise up and do what's right. In my family, in my workplace, and I'm going to serve God in my church. I'm going to do what's right no matter what anybody else is doing. Verse 16 says that this went on for 40 years. Days The armies would line up for battle. Get a visual here. They run down the hill. And line, y'all remember dodgeball? And there'd be a line. And there'd be a line. And you couldn't cross those lines. Well, they would run up to the lines. And they're like, Aah! And they're yelling at each other and screaming at each other. And, and they're ready to fight. And then all of a sudden, here comes giant Goliath. boom. And he says, give me a man who will fight me. Who will come and fight me, right? And, and the Israelites would shrink back, afraid the entire army would back up and go, okay, we're in trouble now. We got the giant out again. He's not sick today. They did this for 40 days, lined up like this. So I'm going to read it to you. 1 Samuel 17, verse, starting with verse 17. One day, Jesse told David, all right, so David is back home. He's been watching the sheep. Hurry and take this sack of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers at the army camp. And here are 10 large chunks of cheese to take to their commanding officer. We're being nice. We're going to send some cheese and bread and all that stuff to the army, all right? Find out how your brothers are doing and bring back something that shows that they're all right. There, with Saul's army fighting the Philistines in Elah Valley. David obeyed his father. He got up early the next morning and left someone else in charge of the sheep. Then he loaded the supplies and started off. He reached the army camp just as the soldiers were taking their places and shouting their battle cries. They line up. You can imagine David coming up to this. What are they doing? The army of Israel and the Philistine army stood there facing each other. David left his things with the man in charge of supplies and ran up to the battle line to ask his brothers if they were well. While David was talking with them, Goliath came out from the Philistine line and started boasting as usual. Ho, 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 look at me, how big I am. I'm huge, I'm massive, I'm strong. Send out one man to fight me and I will, I will, I will ravish him. If he, if, he, if he will come out and fight me, we will end this war today. You can just hear him boasting and boasting and boasting. And David's like, you've got to be kidding me. David left his things and he saw this. When the Israelite soldiers saw Goliath, they were scared and ran off. They said to each other, Look how he keeps it coming out to insult us. The king is offering a big reward to the man who kills Goliath. This that man will even get to marry the king's daughter. He's gonna get the princess. And no one in his family will ever have to pay taxes. David asks some of the soldiers standing nearby. Is this true basically? What will a man get for killing this Philistine and stopping him from insulting our people? Who does that worthless Philistine think he is? He's making fun of the army of the living God. I survived a dryer. I survived all kinds of stuff growing up with my my siblings. I can take this guy. The soldiers told David what the king would give the man who killed Goliath. David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard him talking with the soldiers. This is so sibling stuff, right? Eliab was angry at him. What are you doing here anyway? Who's taking care of that little flock of sheep out in the desert? You spoiled brat. You came here just to watch the fighting, didn't you? Like there's any fighting going on. And you can hear David. Now what have I done? So we got this little family fight going on over here. David, David said, can I even ask a question? <laughs> then he turned and asked another soldier the same thing he had asked the others. And he got the same answer. You're going to get the princess. You're going to get the girl. You're going to get the car. You're going to get no taxes and all of the stuff. Look at this. Some soldiers overheard David talking. So they went to Saul and told him what David had said. Saul sent for David. You can imagine. He probably thought, okay, this is going to be a pretty good sized guy coming in. Your majesty, this Philistine shouldn't turn us into cowards. I'll go out and fight him myself. You don't have a chance against him. You're only a boy, and he's been a soldier all his life. David told him, Your majesty... I take care of my father's sheep, and when one of them is dragged off by a lion or a bear, I go after it and beat the wild animal until it lets go- the sheep go. If the wild animal turns and attacks me, I grab it by the throat and I kill it. Sir, I have killed lions and bears that way. I can, And I can kill this worthless Philistine. He shouldn't have made fun of the army of the living God. The Lord has, res- has rescued me from the claws of lions and bears, and he will keep me safe from the hands of this Philistine. All right. The king says, Okay, I'm going to let this teenage boy go out and represent the entire nation of Israel and take it all into his hands. And, And then look at this. Saul had his own military clothes and armor put on David. And he gave David a bronze helmet to wear. David strapped on a sword and tried to walk around, but he was not used to wearing those things. I can't move with all this stuff on. I'm just not used to it. So he took off the armor and picked up his shepherd's stick and went out to the stream. Remember the stream? Still there to this day. Pretty awesome. He went out to the stream and picked up five smooth stone five smooth rocks, and put them in his leather bag. Then, this, then with his sling in his hand, he went straight toward Goliath. That's courage. That is courage. Goliath came toward David, walking behind the soldier who was carrying his shield. When Goliath saw that David was just a healthy, good looking boy, he made fun of him. Do you think I'm a dog? Is that why you come after me with a stick? You think I'm going to go and chase your little stick? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to throw the stick and I'm going to run after the stick and bring it back to you? Is that what I'm supposed to do? You, You little boy, what are we doing out here? He cursed David in the name of the Philistine gods and shouted, Come on, when I'm finished with you, I'll feed you to the birds and wild animals. David said, You've come out to fight me with a sword and a spear and a dagger, but I've come out to fight you in the name of the Lord All-Powerful. He is the God of Israel's army, and you have insulted him too. Today the Lord will help me defeat you. I'll knock you down and cut off your head and I'll feed the bodies of all other Philistine soldiers to the birds and wild animals. Then the whole world will know that Israel has a real God. Everybody here will see that the Lord doesn't need swords or spears to save his people. The Lord always, always, always wins his battles and he will help us defeat you. What a great statement of faith, right? So let's stop there for a moment. Why was David fighting? Was it really for the princess? Yep, yep, absolutely. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Was it for a tax-free life? All of us would love that, wouldn't we? What did he say? so that the world will know that Israel has a real God. Well, let that sink in. When you're at work and the giant is raging and life is happening, nobody's doing what's right, that may be your opportunity to show them all that there is a real God in your life. Don't miss that opportunity. In your family, when something happens, the storm is raging, that may be your opportunity to show them there's a real God that lives inside of you. Something crazy happens in the mall, That may be your opportunity to show the world there is a real God. You see, false gods were and still are a huge part of the world. In every other kingdom, they would use the false gods. The kingdom would promote it. Hey, you guys need to worship this god and that god. And they would come up with them. And the kingdom made a lot of money off of the people's religious experiences with these false gods. And so Israel comes along, and there's actually a God that is helping them win battles. You understand, the entire nation of Israel exists to this very day, and it's only had its its own property again since the 1940s. We're living in unprecedented times for 2,000 years. This happened 3,000 years ago. The reason and the only reason this entire nation exists is because there is a living God that exists that brought that place into existence. It is physical evidence that nobody can deny. They're they're trying to rewrite the internet. Did you know they've gotten rid of BC and AD before Christ and Anno Domini, the Latin word for in the year of our Lord? You try to find that on the internet today, it's been erased, it's been switched with current era and before current era, B.C.E. and C.E. They're trying to erase it, but there's no way you can erase history like this. This is solid. This is evidence. Why? So that the world will know that Israel has a real God. And he said this, I'm fighting you so that everybody will see that the Lord doesn't need swords or spears to save his people. Goliath came with his conventional training and his sword and spear along with his armor-bearer, his shield-bearer. And don't you know, when David slung that rock, it went around his shield-bearer. That means there was some divine intervention. And God will, will intervene and He will help you when you take a step of faith that is bold and believing. So let's do some relate work here. Who needed to reroute their thinking? Rerouting my thinking is when I have a negative experience, something going on, a negative feeling, a difficult thought, a conflict with somebody, any kind of a negative emotion, I need to reroute my thinking. That's the first step in relate. Who needed to reroute their thinking in this situation? Who did and who didn't? David did, and the soldiers didn't. Very good. Listen, and this is what it looks like with your giants in your life. Goliath was using the human condition of being threatened, fearful, to control and dominate an entire army, wasn't he? And that's going to happen to you. There are going to be times in your life when other people will use your human condition, the need for you to survive, to try to get you to do what they want you to do and to manipulate you. Anybody experienced that before? All of us? Yeah. So David was the only one that actually had God's perspective on this situation, and he seized the moment. He recognized it's what God was preparing him to do. Look what 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, The Lord always wins his battles, and he will help us. That was David rerouting his thinking and saying, I know what God God is going to do here. I believe it. All right? But notice every step of faith that people take always involves, always involves the possibility that God won't show up. And that's why it's a step of faith. And you got to take it and you got to trust him with the results. When Goliath started forward, David ran toward him. Man, look at that. The courage that was there. When Goliath started forward, David ran toward him. He put a rock in his sling. He swung it around by its straps. When he let go of the strap, the the rock flew and hit Goliath in the forehead. It cracked his skull and he fell face down to the ground. David defeated Goliath with a sling and a rock. He killed him without even using the sword. In other words, he was dead when he hit the ground. That's awesome. Listen, you have to know that God honors people when they step out in faith. When's the last time you took a step of faith? Elevate others. Who was and wasn't elevating others in this story? What's that? His brothers. Yeah, all the whole, the whole nation of Israel, I mean all of the army of Israel, right? They weren't putting everybody else above themselves. They weren't going out and dealing with this situation. The brothers were elevating who? The enemy. By being afraid and shrinking back, they were saying, oh, the enemy is too strong. The enemy is better than me. The enemy is is healthier than me. All of it. Listen, when you shrink back and don't have faith to go after the enemies in your life that, that God wants you to go after... And deal with in your life. When you don't do that, you're elevating them. The king was willing to put a kid's or put his armor on a kid. What if the king had had faith like David? Wouldn't have needed David. Would have been a whole different story, right? only David was willing to elevate God, who would defy the armies of the living God? He elevated God, made him bigger than anybody and everybody, and he believed. List my threats. Who was threatened and how? What are the three threats? Security, significance, intimate relationships. Who was threatened here? Everybody but David, right? Every, David was threatened. Did he pick up on it? He was threatened to be killed. Intimate relationships. His brothers were putting him down. His significance. Oh, you measly little kid. Right? And his brothers were, gonna, were not going to have a good relationship with him. if uh, They didn't have that. All of it was threatened in his life. But he didn't respond to it. He responded with God. If I've got God on my side, nobody else matters. And he believed that. Listen, if your security is being threatened, all of us, our security gets threatened, especially with the price of (laughs) eggs and bread right now. Believe. Trust Him. Your significance when others try to put you down, when others try to put you in your place, know that God has said, you're my child. You belong to me. You're my bride. You are everything that I want for all of eternity in my life. God says that for you. He wants you in his life for eternity because he loves you. Do you believe that? And your intimate relationships, knowing that he's got all of that for eternity for you. Do you believe that? Even if everybody here runs from you or is taken from you. When you believe in God, you trust Him for that. Accept my part. Who sinned here? What's the sins? Pride? Anger? Lust? Greed? Gluttony? Envy and sloth. So when we get threatened, if we don't take those threats to God like David did, we participate in the seven deadly sins and they kill our relationships and they kill and destroy ourselves and our relationship with God. So, David went after it. Humility says, You know what? I don't matter much in the rest of this nation, but God matters, and God is the reason why I need to stand up for his name. And he elevated everybody else. Beautiful. David's brothers had pride and anger, didn't they? King Saul, he tempted them with greed and lust. You can have my daughter. You don't have to pay taxes for the rest of your life if you go out and kill this guy. David didn't accept the role because he was trying to fix his threats with sin. David didn't accept the role of going in and killing Goliath because he he lusted after the king's daughter and because he wanted riches. David didn't do it because of that. He did it because he trusted in the name of the Lord. Turn from my sin to God. T is turn from my sin to God. And E is enlist accountability. So when we find ourselves in a position where we have used sin to try to deal with our threats, we've got to stop and recognize it and turn from that, turn from that comfort, turn from whatever it was that we were using to try to fix that that threat to God and say, God, I repent of that. I changed my my style here. I change over to what you want, and I want to accommodate for you living in my life for the rest of my life. What you like, I'm going to like, and what you don't like, I'm going to choose not to like. That's turning to God in a relationship format. And it's so important. Enlisting accountability is so important. Having a church family, people that you can turn to. The beauty of this is David became a really good friend with with King Saul's son, Jonathan. And throughout the rest of their lives, until Jonathan was tragically killed, uh, they had such a great relationship. Iron sharpens iron. They took care of one another. And they were closer than brothers to each other. They challenged each other. They sharpened each other's uh, character. So what does this story mean for us today? James David, would you come? What has God been doing in your life all these years? What kind of situations have you been in all throughout your life? Maybe that didn't even make sense. And maybe you're just like David. You're out in the fields and you're just doing the humdrum, normal stuff every day of your life. And And life just hasn't really come to a culmination where it just makes sense yet. Yet. Maybe you had to fight some lions. Maybe you had to fight some bears. But it's time for you to understand that God is preparing you. He's preparing you. faith that you have to fight those lions and the bears and whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life right now is going to prepare you for what God has a moment in time later on. Could be today tomorrow some of the pain and some of the struggles and the difficulties that you've experienced in your life up to this moment haven't made sense but if you'll trust him and if you'll stay strong and remain faithful the promise is one day it's all going to make sense to you he will restore beauty for ashes what has God been training you for maybe it's a moment when no one else will but you will rise up and be what no one else in your family would be well John I grew up and my parents my grandparents they were all losers listen my my great-grandparents and grandparents they were they were drunks and womanizers and all of it but my mom and dad they came to Christ and they grew I grew up different than the rest of my family did because of that talking to a friend of mine. He's a children's pastor. Went to college with him. I grew up with him. Still best friends to this day. He went home for a funeral last week, and he started texting me. Man, my family. People don't have teeth anymore. It's sad. He said after the memorial, everybody just flooded outside and lit up in the parking lot, and they were just nobody was healthy everybody was just kind of that gray color you know what I'm talking about his entire family and he said John when I talked to him yesterday or Saturday Saturday. (laughs) he said John the only people that looked healthy at all were my brothers and me because my parents raised us in church and nobody else did. I thought, wow, that's awesome. Listen, if no one else is doing what you know you should be doing, it's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to fight your giants with God. And I love this. David knew what God could do if he stood for him. Let me read the end of it here. The giant is laying on the ground, dead. David ran over and pulled out Goliath's sword. Then he used it to cut off Goliath's head. When the Philistines saw what had happened to their hero, they started running away. But the soldiers of Israel and Judah let out a battle cry and went after them as far as Gath and Akron. The bodies of the Philistines were scattered all along the road from Sharon to Gath and Akron. When the Israelite army returned from chasing the Philistines, they took what they wanted from the enemy camp. David took Goliath's head to Jerusalem. What did his daddy ask him to bring back? Proof That my boys are okay. Hey, Dad! (laughs) Goliath's head, victory. God will win in your life if you let Him. If you take a step of faith our baptism candidates would go and start getting dressed real quickly. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray with you before we go today. so difficult. And listen, God will make sense of it all, even if it was all of your fault. God will make sense of it all. He will pull it all together and he will make something beautiful out of your life. He will do something absolutely so amazing that you cannot believe what God has done. You say, well, John, it's too late for me. I'm too old. It's just been too many years. I just want to get to heaven and that's it. No, 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 no. God wants to restore. He wants to help. He wants to heal. He wants to give you purpose and meaning for the rest of your life. And He will. But today it's time to take a step of faith. Say, God, I believe. I believe. I believe i believe in you and i believe in your son jesus christ thank you for the forgiveness for my sins you have forgiven me and i'm so grateful because of what jesus did on the cross i'm forgiven for all of my sin past present and future and now because of that i have this relationship opportunity with you and so today god i choose to enter into that relationship with you I want to get to know who you are and what you like and what you don't like. And I accept you into my life. I accept what you like and what you don't like as mine. And God, what I don't understand, I'm going to trust you until I do. And I ask you to tutor me and teach me and help me to grow so that I can help others who are struggling with the same things I've struggled with. Thank you for filling my life with purpose and meaning. Thank you, God. Some of you are in here today and you're facing a giant. Maybe it's at work. Maybe you're afraid for your marriage or a child that's gone wayward. Turn your heart towards him right now. God, I ask you for your help. And I thank you for it. I ask you for faith for me to fight the giants in my life stand up for what's right and to do what's right, even in my threats. I'm going to trust you to the end. I trust you. I believe in you. In Jesus' name.